0: Lord, a trumpet in Zion, on the Lord, a trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Lord, a trumpet in Zion, on the Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank. Welcome to another episode of the Remnant Call, and I'm glad you're here tonight. Um, I got Brother Benjamin coming on here with us this evening, and I'm thankful. Because we're living in a time where we need to remember again why it is and who it is we serve. This is an important hour. These are important times. And we need a laser sharp focus right now. The road to hell is called Broadway. And it just is so fitting because that's where all the shows of the world are played on Broadway. It's a way that you can walk wherever you want. And brother, that'll lead right to the kingdom. But the Lord says that the path is straight and it's narrow. And unfortunately, there's few there be who find it. I remember one time a pastor said to me, he said, it's not the things in the Bible. I don't understand that scare me. It's the things that I do. And the Lord is calling us to a seriousness in this hour. And there's going to be some hard words we need to hear from the Lord ourselves. But you got to remember, it's because God loves us that he gives us these hard words and he chastens us. If he didn't care about us, he'd never do that. But just as you discipline your children when they need it, sometimes the Lord, he needs to discipline us too. But his discipline is different than parents. We a lot of times discipline our children because they embarrass us. He disciplines because he loves us and he cares for us and his motives are pure. And with that, I'm going to bring on tonight our guest, Brother Benjamin. Benjamin, are you here with me? Hey, good evening, Frank. Hey, brother. Glad to have you here. You know what? I'm just going to start with a word of prayer and um, we'll get into this tonight, brother. And uh, let's just let's ask the Lord to come into this show and just bless Father in Jesus name. Not in any other name under heaven, but the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you tonight. Father, I know that in the moment, this hour of absolute chaos, of uh, distraction, destruction, uh, of confusion, Lord, which you say adamantly that you are not the author of, we need clear guidance, The kind of discernment that your servant Elisha was used to having. The kind of understanding that the prophets of old got. The kind of faith that the apostles had that Jude reminds us of in his book that we are to contend for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. So Lord, I'm asking tonight that you would come in such a powerful way That people who listen to this program will know that you are in control. And Lord, I thank you for the power that you have given and the peace that you have given. And Lord, I ask that you would help us to now receive that peace. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would protect this program. With your mighty warring angels, we come against the powers of Satan and say the Lord rebuke you, Satan. This is not your show. You don't have any. You've never had it. You never will. You now have no place in it. So get out and leave in Jesus name. The Lord rebuke you. Lord, thank you for this casting out Satan to have no place in our airwaves. Even though I know he desires to destroy this program. Lord, we believe that you will carry us through in strength. This is my prayer in Jesus name. Amen. Parliament. Brother, thank you so much for being here.
1: Uh, men not always to pray and I'm going to pray as well and amen, and I would encourage our our listeners to come into agreement with us as well if your spirit bears witness with our spirit. And in, <clears throat> if you're in the same place that we're in for, for me at the moment, it's been a long grueling week mm. working. Three jobs. It's the height of the busiest time of year. I'm being, I'm being bombarded with things one after another. Every angle. Everything that the enemy can possibly throw at us is throwing at us. And, and yet we walk by faith. Amen. We, we, we get knocked down, but we get back up. And uh, we become physically just emptied out. You know, and then we, we add um, times of fasting and you get depleted. You're, you're, your whole, your energy just dissipates and you're empty, and you're tired. And your body's in pain, your temple is aching. And then you turn to the word of God. Mm. And, you know, the distractions to keep us from praying Uh, You guys have seen those. They're just relentless. And and, um, You finally, you you fight your way through the busyness and the distractions and and the tyranny of the urge. And finally get to that place where you quiet yourself in prayer. Come into the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And blessed be the name of the Lord because he always responds. the truth be told he's waiting for you he waited for me he's waiting for us and and he understands the chaos the confusion the fatigue and the the doubts that even come in am i going to make it am i Mm. so many people you know how would i even be worthy enough to be in the remnant well Pray without ceasing that you be counted worthy. That would be one formula. But You know, none of us are worthy. We all face the same accusations of the evil one. We're all attacked by the spirit of Satan standing at our right hand through what calls itself the church. We're all rejected and persecuted by a world that hated him. If we belong to him, it hates us as well. Truth. And... You know, so much of the church is still enjoying their their pleasures, the flesh. In Babylon, you know, I mean, they've spiritualized everything. They, Frank, as you mentioned in our conversation before we went on the program, you know, they'll write the check for Christian missions and feel like they've, you know, they've done their duty for the kingdom. Mm. And then they still go out and chase, they chase the, Almighty dollar, you know, their life consumed with the things of the flesh. What are we going to wear? What are we going to eat? What kind of new car can I drive? It's all vanity of vanities. Mm -hmm. One day it's all going to burn and that day is coming soon. But I mentioned I wanted to pray. So Amen. that's just sort of a confession of my heart at the moment, which is just poured out. Amen. So let's pray. Father, thank you for calling us to this time tonight. Father, thank you that you've called us in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, thank you that not only have you called us, but that we've been chosen in Jesus. Before the foundation of the world was established, before you framed the architecture of the universe, before you called into being the billions and trillions of stars, galaxies without number, chose the Ecclesia for yourself. Amen. People who would one day display your glory. People who would one day walk with you, sit with you on your throne. called us out of this present darkness You called each of us by name because you know our names and we belong to you you are with us in this time lord even when we can't hear you clearly even when a confusion and and chaos seems to be everywhere around us you're still small voices guiding us yet your word speaks to us Your Holy Spirit directs our paths. And in the day of your power, your people are made willing. Hallelujah. In the day of your power. Hallelujah. That's Psalm 110, verse 3. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. The word is helecha. Father God, I pray that your power would come upon each one of us right now. Lord, I consecrate this time to you. I would normally pray and say, Lord, the people have gathered to hear from you. We've all come to hear from you. Lord, I've come to hear from you tonight. Lord, if, if it it's your choice. Frank and I could go and, and speak to the people on your behalf. But it's, there is no comparison to the Rema word of God, the living word Amen. of God that comes forth by your mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Yes. And Lord, you choose to speak.
0: Amen. So, speak.
1: Lord, we've gathered tonight. We ask your Holy Spirit to come. Father, we ask that the Rema word of God would come forth. Amen. In Jesus' name, I pray. We come this time to you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your blessings. Thank you that you have awoken us in this time of darkness. When so many sleep, Lord, you have touched us. And you've opened our eyes. You've given us ears to hear. Lord, speak and quicken us tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. In the day of God's power, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauty of holiness, from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. Praise God. This is Psalm 110. We're going we're to touch on that tonight. But I want to start with that word for power is in verse three in the day of thy power hallelujah your people shall be willing and the word (laughs) the word actually is nedabolt, and and it actually translates um As a volunteer. Your people will volunteer. They'll be made willing. They will willingly volunteer to offer their lives as a free will offering. And and it also, this is really cool because this word, ne dabot, it also translates a plentiful rain, plenty of water coming from heaven the living water, when the anointing comes to break the yoke, the people will be set free of the tyranny of the evil one. And when that day we will willingly proclaim our allegiance to Jesus and to his kingdom alone, and we will make our lives a free will offering. We will make our lives a living sacrifice, and we will do so with a joyful heart out of love and adoration and out of the the willingness of a heart that pants after the righteousness of God. In the day of the great rain, in the day of the anointing that is coming, in the day of God's power, we will be made willing. Hallelujah. And that word power, it also translates in the day of God's strength. It also translates in in the day of his wealth, in the day of his riches, in the day when he shows the greatness of his strength. And the word also translates in the day of your army. This is Ezekiel 38 verse 4. It's the same word for power in the day of God's army being revealed. In the day of the anointing that causes the birth of the man-child, the breaking of every yoke, and in the day that the power of God is revealed, and the anointing one anointed ones that are coming, in that day the people shall be willing. Hallelujah. The people will be full of living water, and we will be willing to make the free will offerings. And that day draws near, brothers and sisters, in that day of power. In the beauty of Kodesh, of holiness, from the womb of the morning. You know, what a phrase, the womb. What gives birth to the morning light? In the light of the morning, King David prophesied in 2 Samuel chapter 23. In the light of the morning, hallelujah. They that rule with the Lord. These are the last words of King David, the son of Yeshi. The man who was raised up on high. And we're going to talk about the ones the Lord's about to raise up on high. Because the Davidic throne is about to be restored. and Those will sit on it, will sit with the favor of King David. They are the beloved of the Lord. And the word David means beloved one. God's beloved remnant are the David of this hour. And they're about to be raised on high as the Davidic throne is restored. You know, King David is not going to be reincarnated. And King David is not going to walk among us in the wilderness. We will meet him in the kingdom he's already been resurrected and he's with the Lord. He's with the patriarchs. He's with the faithful saints who are the company of witnesses who are watching us even now. Perhaps they're even listening to this message, which the Lord has ordained to come forth in this time from such foolish vessels of clay as Frank and I. David, anointed of the God of Jacob, and he declares the spirit of the Lord spoke by me and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said unto David, the rock of Israel spoke unto me, King David declared. He that rules over men must be just. Ruling in the fear of God and those who will walk with the power of God, with the favor of God, will also come with the righteous justice of God. And they will come in the fear of the Lord. You can't walk in pride. And in the fear of the Lord. They are contradictory spirits. The spirit of pride is not the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The spirit of God is the spirit of holiness. And of truth. Of wisdom. And of knowledge. And of power. And of strength. And of the fear of the Lord. But in no In none of the branches of the menorah will you find the spirit of pride, for it's in the camp of the serpent. Those who come wanting to rule in the spirit of pride because of the arrogance of their idolatry, they assume their opinions must somehow be greater than all, not realizing none of the flesh profits anything No, those that would rule in the fear of God must rule in the spirit of God. And then they shall be as the light of the morning. When the sun rises, that light comes out of the womb of the morning. What gives birth to the light? What causes the new birth to arise? When the sun rises, even in a morning without clouds, And then the tender grass will spring out of the earth in a day of clear shining after the rain, after the dew of heaven has come down by the anointing of God in a day without clouds in time of a clear shining. So the dew of heaven be born, poured out upon the righteous remnant, Even as Isaac gave blessing unto Jacob, in the book of Genesis, Isaac laid his hand on his son Jacob. Now we know that he thought he was blessing Esau, but the blessing was given by God Almighty to Jacob. By the decree of the Lord, Isaac declared "Let the God. Of heaven, give thee the dew of heaven. The very first blessing that was given unto Jacob and the blessing that will be given unto the anointed remnant is the dew of heaven, representing the anointing from on high, the living water that would one day come under the new covenant. Let God give thee the anointing of, of the covenant of life and the fatness, the goodness of the earth and plenty of corn. The handful of corn representing the anointed remnant. The fullness of corn and of wine. Sign of blessing and favor and fruitfulness in the earth. But Isaac went on and he said, let the people serve thee. Now Jacob's being given authority to rule. King David fulfilled this blessing. And so the remnant as well, they that rule in the power of God, must rule in the fear of the Lord. And then the people will serve you. And nations shall bow down to you. And you will be Lord over all of your brethren. The outcasts that will one day be counted among the remnant will be lifted up. and God will grant to them the right to sit on the Davidic throne. And they will rule in the fear of the Lord. Injustice over all of the house of God. And so they will be Lord of their brethren. And Isaac continued, Let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. They shall bow to the ground before the anointed ones. And cursed be everyone that curses thee, and blessed be everyone that blesses thee. So the blessing was bestowed upon Jacob. And David again declaring the blessings in his final words in 2 Samuel. They shall be as the light of the morning when the sun rises, when the sun, who is the descendant of Melchizedek, rises. When the grass, the living grass, the new creation springs out of the earth. And David went on, although my house be not so with God. David had not entered into this promise, but he prophesied it. And he knew it had been determined for a time yet appointed. An anointed remnant would inherit all things. First, they would be purged with fire unthinkable that they could be emptied out utterly. So that the mind of the flesh could be the first thing sacrificed. for The mind of the flesh would only corrupt the move of God reserved for this hour. So the remnant must be poured out totally before they can be redeemed with an anointing without measure. And David declares, this, my house is not so with God. I haven't inherited this fullness, yet he has made with me an everlasting covenant, and it is ordered in all things. God is not the God of chaos, and his covenant is ordered in every detail. And it is sure, if you've been born again, if you've received new life, if you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, the covenant of salvation is sure. And this is all of our salvation. And all of our desire. Our spirit man. Longs for the redemption. Of the children of God. Pleasures of Babylon. Hold no allure to us. Although David declared. Although he makes it. Not to grow. So for. The millennium. Of the. Kingdom of Israel in the millennium of the church age. These promises remained, but were yet fulfilled. Now, in this final time, the children of God are going to enter in. The remnant of God will be admitted in to the very holy place. Reading to you from Psalm 50. The mighty God, even the Lord, has spoken. And he's called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. And he is the mighty God. He is almighty. And he is Lord over all. And he has spoken. He's declared that this would be so. For out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. And out of Zion, the perfection of beauty in the children of God, God will shine in the remnant that is about to be redeemed. Our God shall come, and he shall not keep silent. In several places in the prophetic writings, the Lord declared, I have held my peace. I have kept my silence. The wicked have railed. Foolish men have spoken foolishly. And evil has roared in the camp, even of the righteous. The enemy has come into the tabernacle to attempt to destroy even the chosen ones. And through all this time, in many ways, the Lord has been silent. But our God is about to come, and he's not going to remain silent. You're going to hear the cry of a man of war. Fire will devour before him. And it shall be very temptuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge the people. And the Spirit of God declares, gather my saints together, gather my anointed together, gather my sanctified ones together. Those who've made a covenant with me by sacrifice. A covenant of blood. They made it. Now God made a covenant with his elect. He made a covenant cut in blood. The old covenant was cut in the blood of bulls and goats and rams and lambs. The new covenant was cut in the blood of the Lamb of God, who himself is the eternal Son. And if you can receive it, the priest of God, whose name is Melchizedek, Melech means king, Zadok is righteousness. And the king of righteousness who came in scripture and appeared unto Abram as a man and a high priest was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ who would be born Jesus of Nazareth 1500 years later when he became a man for the first time. And the covenant of salvation was given in Jesus. It was cut his flesh. It was paid for with his blood. But the saints who are sanctified, they too have made a covenant. And it too required a sacrifice. They had to pick up a cross. They had to follow the master. They had to lay their lives down a living sacrifice. And that is what set them apart from the ones who wanted all of the pleasures of Babylon, all of the things of this world, and salvation too. The remnant are the saints who will be gathered together. And these are they who've made a covenant with the Lord. And, and you know, I've, talking with a number of people, I've found that there's a common theme within the camp of the remnant. That these are people who at one time or another vowed their entire life to serve the Lord in whatever way he chose, and and not for a reward, and not for any fame, or for, for any glory, or for anything for themselves, but they did it out of love for the Lord, and they did it as a thank you for who the Lord is in their life, for the salvation, the price that Jesus paid in dying for the their sins and for who he is as the king of eternity the fact that we could give a gift to the king of kings however small our precious lives are in our own eyes however small our little lives are we could present our lives an offering a sacrifice a vow of total consecration no price too high no cost too dear, no trial, too difficult to endure. We would give up everything for the sake of saying thank you to the master. And he said himself, while he was among us teaching, whosoever would seek to save their life in this time, they would all lose it. And whoever would be willing to lose their life for my sake, the same will save it. These prophecies, this this promise that Jesus spoke to his disciples, it was fulfilled literally in their lives. The night that Jesus was arrested, everybody fled. Everyone was afraid. 400 soldiers had come out. Confronting him in the dark with torches of fire skull of the serpent on Judas's face. And when the Roman centurion said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And the Lord responded and said, I am he. 400 soldiers were knocked backwards and fell to the ground. I would have loved to have seen that. And they stood to their feet and arrested him. Disciples fled. And for the next day, several days, 11 of the disciples were afraid for their lives. Peter even denied knowing him. The the rest denied him by hiding. Only John and Mary Magdalene and his mother Mary were willing to risk their own lives to appear at the foot of the cross, to offer whatever comfort their presence would give to the Lord for him to know that he didn't need to die alone. He had some true friends. And isn't it amazing how John was the only apostle who was never martyred. John was willing to lose his life for Jesus to comfort his Lord. No one would take John's life after that. Mary Magdalene, can assure you nobody touched mary she had the favor of the king she was the first person he revealed himself to she was also the first one at the tomb in the morning her devotion to the lord was without limit she would have gladly died for him having had she been accused of knowing him she would have testified of his glory and of the honor of knowing his name, gladly face whatever the consequence would be. This is the face and the life of the remnant safe. What does it take to get into the remnant? You merely have to lose everything for the master. But in this last hour, <laughs> the losses are immaterial. There is nothing because you're going to lose it anyway. Hallelujah. The heavens shall declare. Our God's righteousness. For God is the judge himself. Amen. Good thing too. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices. Or thy burnt offerings. God is not going to rebuke you about how you kept the Sabbath. I know that might startle some of you. I can assure you. When God comes. When the Lord comes to you. When it is your turn. And the Lord testifies against you. And he says, come my people. Hear this, oh my people. For I will speak. I am speaking the truth to you, O Israel. I will testify against you. For I am God, even thy God. And the Lord is going to have a word or two with every one of us. And he's going to convict us. The sooner, the better. You want to seek this conviction with prayer and fasting even now. So that you could deal with these things at the cross. But the Lord's very clear. I will not rebuke you over your sacrifices, over your religious service, over your burnt offerings that have been continually before me. I don't even want this religion, he says in Psalm 50. Offer unto God thanksgiving. The sacrifice of praise is what he's looking for. You know, this was almost a contradiction of the Old Covenant. Because if you read the law, God commanded sacrifice. And now the Lord is saying, I am not interested. I don't even want to take a sacrifice of an animal from you. I'm looking for the sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows. I want you to keep your word. And then... When you offer the sacrifice of praise and when you honor the vows that you've taken unto the Lord, then in that day you will call upon me in the time of trouble and I will deliver you and then you will glorify me. But unto the wicked, God says, What have you to do to declare my statutes or that you should take my covenant or my word in your mouth? God is saying to the wicked, What business is it it of yours to claim my word or my promises or to speak of my prophecies? Seeing you hate my instruction and you cast my words behind you. You don't walk in truth. You lie and you bear false witness against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. When you see a thief, you consent with him. You're a partaker with adulterers. You've cast my words behind you. in all of these things you've done. And you thought that I was altogether like you. Now consider this, you that have forgotten me. Lest I tear you into pieces. And there'll be no one to deliver you from my hand. Whosoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him that orders his conversation aright or correctly. Will I show the salvation of God? Hallelujah. And that word for conversation, it really means your path, your way, your walk, your life, your words. Unto those whose words are righteous and who walk in the way that is according to the word of God, they will be shown, they will see, they will enter into the salvation of God. And to the rest of you, What right do you have to declare the scriptures of truth if you yourself still walk in lies? Man's enemies and the members of his own household now. And they hate you. Children of Belial, born under the same roof as the children of light. Like Esau. And Jacob. Like Cain and Abel. This this has happened before. Hallelujah. Psalm 110. The Lord said unto my Lord. Sit thou at my right hand. This is King David. Talking about. The father granting unto Jesus. The dominion. Sit thou at my right hand. Until I make thy enemies thy footstool. And the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. That word for rod, the word is mate. And it actually means the tribe. It means the branch. It means a rod or a staff. Or a scepter of power. Or a spear. The Lord will send. The tribe of his strength. The branch of his strength. Behold the servant. Whose name is the branch. Behold the tribes. That are about to be anointed. They're coming forth out of Zion. And they will be given the power. Rule thou in the midst of thy enemies. Now. This prophecy, when King David wrote it, it clearly pertains to the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the staff of God, who was the one who came forth with the power of God, and came forth to rule in the midst of his enemies. This will be fulfilled yet again in the anointed remnant. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you, said Jesus. So you will be set as a rod, as a staff of power in the hand of the Lord, coming forth out of Zion, wherein you were born again, to rule in the midst of your enemies. Have you seen your enemies lately? Are they not manifesting everywhere around you? Frank, right now in in the heavens above, the stars are declaring the war that is coming against the church. And how the satanic nature is going to be unveiled in the earth. It's being revealed right before our eyes. But how the people of God will triumph. And how the Lord is coming to the camp of the righteous. To bring the victory that we might rule in the midst of our enemies. And in this time, the people will be freely willing. In the day of his power, in the day of the anointing, in the day of the living water, the dew of heaven, which will come forth in the beauty of holiness. You know, when we first get saved, when we first encounter the Lord, and assuming we've really been born again, I'm I'm not talking about reprobate, apostate. Um, you know, solical conversion where the dog goes back to its vomit and and they end up on the wide road to Kahina. I'm talking about the true saint. The true saint first gets saved and and filled with the spirit. There's great joy. There's great, you know, a true transformation of life has occurred. But at the same time, there's great ignorance because we really don't know the word very well. And so it's easy for us to fall into mistakes. Seeking to do good we, we can easily make a host of errors. And one of the errors that's so easy to do is, you know, we get the idea from a lot of other Christians that we should become religious. You know, let your religion shine. And um, it's the beauty of holiness. It's not the beauty of religion. Now, I am not trying to diminish the importance of correct doctrine, what I'm trying to diminish, or actually I'd like to totally destroy in your understanding, I want to utterly ruin the idea that somehow through the knowledge of good and evil, you could get religious and somehow end up in the anointing because it doesn't work that way. The flesh profits nothing, even when it decides to adopt a new religion, all it does is create pharisaical robes of hypocrisy. Because the flesh is a liar. And the flesh is an idolater. And the flesh lusts after pride and after food and after the pleasures of this world. And the flesh, look, The principle of life is that all things come to life according to the seed that is in them. That which is born of the Spirit begats the life of the Spirit. That which is born of the mind of the flesh begats the works of the flesh. And you end up being nothing more than a modern-day version of a Pharisee. And there's no beauty of holiness in anything of the Pharisees. And nor is there anything beautiful in pride. I, I had a, a Christian brother a while back. Um, he was a prayer partner for a while. We had some powerful times in prayer. And um, we, were, we both were praying for um, a miracle. And when the miracle didn't come right away, um he felt like, well, there must be some sin in the camp, or you know, somebody didn't believe, you know, maybe the faith wasn't good enough. You know, what I mean, and, and it's that whole doctrine of, you know, if you if you pray and you believe and you declare it, um, you know, and if your faith is good enough, you're always going to get the instant miracle. You know, just add water, poof. You know, and nothing could be further from the truth because some things take. season of prayer you know in several instances in the scripture we read and the miracle happened or the deliverance occurred in the same hour you know this idea of you know instant answer to prayer is not biblical sometimes we travail in prayer sometimes we wrestle in prayer you know wrestling matches are not settled instantaneously but but this person became very angry you know, and literally broke fellowship with me, you know, and, and exclaimed, I'm not going to change my doctrine. You know? Okay, keep your doctrine, whatever, you know. Keep your religion, too. All I'm telling you is that none of that has anything to do with the beauty of holiness that comes forth from the womb of the new life. That it's going to spring forth into the earth in this hour. You know, sometimes healing occurs. Sometimes not. We can pray for healing, and perhaps the person won't get healed. I don't know why. Sometimes healing is miraculous and, and quick. Other times it's a battle, and it takes a wrestling match. In other times, for whatever reason, the healing didn't occur occur at all. I remember years ago, I was um, visiting uh, with a brother, um, Henry Groover, and Henry had been called to go and pray for a woman that had cancer. And so he invited me to go with him. And so Henry and I went and prayed. And there were a number of other believers that gathered, and we lifted this sister up. And we, we interceded and we prayed. And within about a month, the cancer was very advanced. This woman was not healed and she died. And people began to post accusations that Henry was a false prophet and that I was a false prophet because we prayed for a woman and she didn't get healed. There must be something wrong with our faith. (laughs) No, 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 we believed. Henry Groover believed in Jesus. Anyway, I don't want to digress, but, you know, this whole religious thinking, where's the beauty in this? None of us sees everything clearly. We all see through a mirror darkly. Where's the beauty of all of this rigid, critical-minded, you know, I thank God I'm not like that sinner, Lord, who doesn't keep the Sabbath like we do. He pulls a weed out of his flower garden on Saturday. I mean, there's no beauty in this. There's no anointing in this. There is no life in this. And most telling of all, there is no faith in any of this. A good friend of mine used to, always ask me the question, Benjamin, if you're, if you're struggling with something, you know, if you've got an issue, you've got a question, you just really don't know about what you should think or what you should do or, you know, how to understand something, ask yourself one simple question. Where is the faith in that? Where's the faith? It's a good, it's a good compass to guide you to the truth. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, according to the order of righteousness. God said, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. God is not looking for us to become religious zealots. He's looking for us to become people who hunger thirst for righteousness and who are seeking the beauty of holiness after the order of the king of righteousness and the lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath now this is where it's going to get interesting brothers and sisters if you've hung in there with me psalm 110 verse 5 The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. Is this a prophecy King David wrote to Father God with Jesus standing at his right hand? Which is the the classic interpretation of verse 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand. The Father said unto Jesus, yes, indeed, that is correct interpretation of that verse verse five the lord at thy right hand will strike through kings that's jesus when the lord comes in his power as the lion of the tribe of judah in an anointed remnant when the lord is revealed in his people he's going to strike the kings in the day of his wrath but who is this prophecy being spoken to is david talking to the father in heaven is he talking to your father or is he talking to you The Lord shall judge among the heathen. He'll fill the places. He'll fill the palaces. He'll fill the nation with the dead. And he'll wound the heads over many countries. All of these Chaldean Satanists that believe they're going to rule and reign forever. The Lord is coming. He has a word or two for them. He has much to condemn them for. And he's going to wound their heads. He's going to strike them in the head. Even as he crushes the serpent in the head. So he's going to crush and strike the children of the wicked one in the head as well. And he shall drink of the brook in the way of holiness. And therefore, he will lift up the head. What lifts up the head? How do we drink from the brook that is full of the dew of heaven? Can you drink it with cisterns made by men? Can you drink it through the strength of the flesh? Or can you only receive it through the anointing that comes on high? Then only when you enter the presence of the Holy One, lifting clean hands. Hallelujah. Indeed, this is sort of just a little introduction Amen. to um, some things that I just felt I wanted to share because the brothers and sisters, this thing is coming faster than you would imagine. Amen. A friend of mine called me, Frank, the other day, and they said, I just had a dream last night. And, and in the dream, the day of the Lord had, had come. The city was burning. There was chaos. The war had come. The attack on Babylon had come; it was utter chaos everywhere. And and then the phone rang, and and I was on the telephone, and I called them, and and I said, "The day of the Lord's here. I just want you to know it's it's really here. It's starting right now." And and they're like, "And in the dream, they said to me, yeah, I, I know. I'm looking out my window, and I I can see it. It's everywhere now.'" And that was the end of the dream. And and then later that afternoon, I I just happened to turn on a radio just for a moment, getting in the car, turn on a radio and a, the, a Christian station was on and, and Chuck Smith from Calvary Chapel happened to be preaching a message and he was preaching from the book of Joel and he was declaring the day of the Lord is at hand as judgment it shall come upon the world and it's coming right now. You know, and I thought, wow, what a confirmation. You know, here we are knocking on the door Time is sifting dead ahead. I encourage you guys, we need to develop, we need to fill our lamps with the golden oil, not fill our flesh with works of the flesh. But we need to fill our lamps with the anointing that can only be received by the king who reigns on high. And only through entering into his presence can we buy the oil that can be purchased without price. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope that was good. I hope it blessed y'all.
0: Amen. Folks. I just want to say something, you know, um, I've been honestly, since Benjamin started in Psalm 110, the beginning, I've been kind of a train wreck and looking into this deeper and deeper. And, and the verse became more alive to me tonight than ever. um, and I know there's a lot of people wondering, I don't know what I'm going to do. What happens on the day of the Lord comes? What, what are we going to do when this all falls apart and, and everything begins to go crazy? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're, you will be willing in that day of his power. You're going to do what he wants you to do. That's what Benjamin was just sharing in Psalm 110. In that day, you're going to be willing. Don't worry about it. And I want to close with this verse, brother, because I feel like this is kind of that dew of heaven that you were talking about there earlier. And Psalm 133 says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment. Upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirt of his garments as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Folks, you're going to know what to do because you'll be willing. But in this hour, don't forget, there's a lot of religiousness out there but there's a sweetness and dwelling in unity because a fresh anointing appears when that happens. It's like the oil running down Aaron's beard and that holiness, the beauty of it, it'll become magnificent in your eyes. When you see the Lord for the love and the care that he truly is, and it will bless you and you will move forward in these end times in peace without fear your god will not forsake you brother thank you for what you shared tonight it's a blessing
1: amen thank god you so you. much
0: this is brother frank and brother benjamin on the remnant call saying to everybody good night and shalom May do his design. Lower trumpet in Zion, sound it on the mountains. Lower trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Lower trumpet in Zion, sound on